Our opinions aren't too tough, rough, or gruff. We are proof that you don't have to be an expert to have an opinion. So just... Shut up and sit down. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff with one of the homies. One of the homies. That's me. That is Alex, the medical degenerate, the guru of all things medicinal. Here I am. I am Muff, steering this riderless ship alongside the Ohio Homer, the capo of the Midwest Crack House, Jim. Good to see you all. Today is Monday, July 10th, and we are only one, count it one week away from our start of the preparation for the football season, as we'll start our breakdowns of the NFL divisions that really is exciting that like puts a an end in sight to the the flight at the end of the tunnel right yeah the drought that is the end of football season let me help you a little bit easier okay ready i don't know if we're counting this weekend that we're in or not but i believe there are eight saturdays until college football wow talk about fun that's that is refreshing right when I saw that count, and I was like, yes, yes, it's coming. 51 days as of Friday. Now that's till week zero, right? Yes. I don't even know what the schedule is yet. I'm not that excited to look ahead at what week zero, zero games we have. I, I don't think that week zero is the big one that we have to worry about. I think uh, the one in October is the week that, like, that's the one. Halloween weekend. Yeah, well, I think that or the one the weekend before, okay. I think that's why I'm pissed off. Penn State and Ohio State don't play exactly on Halloween, but that weekend is like mega week. Good one. It's a good yeah. one. A lot of good matchups. I know you shared something somewhere about it. So. Yeah, it's gonna be so good. But until we get that time, eight ish weekends away of having real football, football that means something. We're still going to have some interesting news this week to chat about. Uh, this week, we range from Bobby Huggins fighting back against WVU. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Alex will have some thoughts. The Pitts, yeah, the Pittsburgh Pirates make their number one overall draft pick choice. Some interesting commentary from ESPN as that was going on. And our discussion on one of the greatest, quote-unquote, athletes of all time who guzzled all the glizzies on the 4th of July. Guzzle the glizzies. Guzzle the glizzies. <laughs> that was dirty. That's not okay. <laughs> so strap in for a fun one, folks. And as always, we have our Pittsburgh Pirates check-in. I mean, 41-49. I don't think that's bad, though. Eight and a half games out of first place. We've had worse seasons. But this is why we weren't hyped up, Jim. Like, can you say that you a little bit see what we're why why we were hesitant? I I I do. I see what you're saying. I don't agree with it yet. Like, remember this time last year or the year before where it was like, all right, season's over, and let's see how bad we can we can lose. And there's still hope. What hope, what hope are you clinging to, Jim? That's what I want to know. I think that the record's not like terrible, terrible. 
They're they're only better than like three or four teams in the NL and like seven or eight teams in the whole baseball at this point. They were like the bottom two in the history of this podcast. Like right. I mean, I, I get it that they're it's better. Like I said, it's better than we have been sometimes at this point, but I'm not like excited about it. Okay. But 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 they did choose LSU pitcher Paul Skeens with the first overall pick on Sunday night in the MLB draft in Seattle, which is where All-Star Week is taking place this year. Yes, the that I like. I mean, obviously, I like the pick. It's a, he's a great pitcher. I didn't realize he's the first pitcher. I looked into this man, so this is just regurgitating facts right now. First pitcher ever to win the most outstanding player for like the men's college world series and then go number one drafted. And he also broke an sec single season strikeout record that had been held since 1989. And the sec is a good baseball conference. So I'm going to hold on to that instead of holding on hope for the record for this season for the pirates. I'll hold on to hope that maybe this guy will be good. Yeah. I mean, he does, he throws straight gas. I think they, I saw a stat that he over this past season averaged, over 98 miles an hour on every fastball he threw. Yeah. So, I mean, he has an arm. He's got a lively arm, which is a good thing. Uh, But even ESPN couldn't stay away from poking fun at the Pirates uh, as they were leading up to the draft and taking this pick as some of the pundits were chatting about the Pirates. And there was discussion, are the Pirates going to take Skeens or are they going to take one of the outfielders? Uh, The other, the top three prospects were uh, Skeens, uh, Cruz, who's an LSU outfielder, and then an outfielder from Florida. Um, both of them were like the pretty much the consensus top three overall prospects. Uh, and the ESPN <laughs> reporters or pundits were sitting there chatting, and they said, "Well, we know they should take Skeens, but if they took one of these position players, they could save money, and maybe that's what the Pirates are going to do." And I had a chuckle because even ESPN couldn't stay away from the discussion on the Pirates doing what they have to do to not necessarily be competitive and save money on the back end. They, the sad part is not what they need to do. They don't need to save this money. No, I think they were talking about they have like $68 million to play around with. Yeah. What What are you saving it for? Like there is no rainy day account. Like this is the rainy – this – this era of Pirates baseball is a rainy day. All right. So if you have a rainy day fund, I would I would liken this era of Pirates baseball to a rainy day, and I think you should start using it. Indeed. So, Jim, does this give you any more uh, glimmers of hope moving forward? I think there's some hope there. I'm sorry, guys. I just think there's there's some some hope there. And I think you guys are just – is it you want to see it just be in the gutter? Is that cool? No, like, no, no, Jim, it's no. not cool. No, there's nothing cool about that. I would love nothing more than have a great pirate season that starts and ends great. I just have never seen it. I mean, I, I've seen them in the wild card, I've seen them in the, the playoffs, you know. But I have not seen a good, good pirates team. And I would love it. Think but 10 I guess, years like, from now, what Jim. is the baby step? Like, what is it? 
we've been taking baby steps forever. All we hear about is the farm league, the farm team. We're building things up, baby steps. It's a rebuilding year. There has to come a point where the rebuilding is done and we put the money in and we put the time in and we freaking let our team be good. Oh, well, we got some off this like, player. What is the first step to good? Or is it just winning, winning, okay. the winning, winning, winning a series in the playoffs? That's good for you. Yes. I would take that as good, yes. First, you have to consistently contend, right? Contend for the division. That's what I'm asking. Isn't that first? Yeah, yes. but we're not doing it. Yeah. So you okay. have to. That's what I'm saying. To, we're not doing it. Yeah, you have to like hope for that, uh, you know, that that flint, that glinting season that just happens. And you're like, okay, we made it to the playoffs because, you know, a combination of talent, young talent, luck. And, you know, staying healthy and doing all the things that you need to do. And then you have to do something to get over the top to get into the playoffs. And that happens. And then you see, oh, well, two years later, we're back at the bottom of the division. So at this point, you just have to, yes, you want to consistently compete. But at this point, just give us one good season and have hope, real hope moving forward. Rekindle the the love. Yes. All right. And then you can consistently do all the things. Um, and consistently competing is, you know, being in the top three in, in August, September, being less than five games back. I think that's competing. My opinion. Okay. Uh, moving on to a topic as we trudge along here. Uh, Bobby Huggins, WVU, we've got, we got a thing here. Bobby Huggins oh. is preparing to file a lawsuit. On oh, the oh shit! Oh, recorder's oh. back in progress. Bobby Huggins is preparing. We have to, no background now to file a lawsuit. I'm oh. so. Oh, now we're back. We're, back. We're, we're just going to roll through this. Okay. Well, we missed you talking. We missed you, uh, whatever you're saying. About Bobby Huggins? Yeah, we started singing yeah. the song that we sing when you freeze. Oh, that's good. Uh, go ahead and do the lead in there for Bobby Huggins, Alex. Is I... All right. Bob Huggins is preparing to file a lawsuit against WVU if he's not reinstated, reportedly stating that he never resigned. WVU says that they will not be reinstating Huggins and we... And they will defend themselves against any spurious allegations. So, long story short, Bob Huggins has gotten his second DUI. We all talked about it already. He's had other nefarious behaviors recently, and it led to him resigning, quote unquote, being voluntold that he is no longer going to be the head coach. But he says that this was a text from his wife saying that he would resign, that he never actually signed anything or submitted anything that he would actually be resigning. It was just his wife would like being silly. How long ago was it? How long ago was it that we talked about this? And apparently he's been like having like the university's come out and like, we've been having conversations with him, like setting up his retirement package and like resignation package and stuff like, so it's not like he was in the dark and like confused about what was happening. So apparently he's gone to rehab, which good on him, happy for him. And he thinks that when he comes back, he's going to be the head coach again. Now that's what he says. And the university's like, no, 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 no. And I agree with that. 
So I think Bob Huggins is a great basketball mind. I think he's a great basketball coach. But I'm sorry, sir. You've crossed the line too many times. I don't trust that you doing rehab is going to fix your your issues in a month. A lifelong of issues are not fixed in one month. You need to be away from the spotlight, taking care of yourself and your family. Get your wife in check if she's really sending these things resigning for you. And figure it out, man. Like, this is not, this is a bad look, Huggy Bear. Bad look. And you know what? Part of me thinks, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not. But maybe WVU's like, here's what we'll do. We'll let him resign. And if all these players get in the transfer portal, we'll we'll pretend he didn't really resign because that's not going to work. We can't let all these guys go. But if everyone would have been like, yeah, we'll stay. We'll stay. This never would have happened. And I can't confirm that or deny it. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but it makes me wonder. And it's weird timing, and the whole situation smells. Smells. It doesn't smell like the beer cans in his car. Yep. So my initial thought when I saw this come out was, okay, there was a resignation, (laughs) and there were some type of conditions or terms to the resignation about a buyout, some other things that we weren't supposed to know about, but they were going to happen behind the scenes to yeah. because of what he's done for WVU and that community and the program, blah, blah, blah. And somewhere along the line, WVU's like, yeah, but we're not going to do all that. So now he's fighting back. Like, well, that's a good point. I guess but... I never really resigned then because where's the record of me doing this? And you know, my wife's the one that said it. I never told you that I didn't sign anything. See, that's a good, that's a good point right there. Moff. I didn't think of that angle, but maybe they are having these meetings and they're like, he knows he resigned. But these meetings aren't going how he expected them to go. And it just says from an account registered to June Huggins, maybe she's in charge of the cell phone plan. And it's really his phone. But if you technically look at the IP address, it's tracking back to June Huggins. Uh, this is going to be this is, this is going to be long if, and drawn out. That's if I'm if I'm WVU and I get a text in the middle of the night from Bob Huggins wife saying I've resigned. I'm probably going to be like, we're going to have to talk to Bob in the morning about this. Like, this isn't going to cut it. How Bush League is it that Art. <laughs> Bob Huggins enters his own resignation, not his agent, his lawyer? None of that. Well, that's why he's saying it's not real. He's like, I never, never, never talked to you guys. You just assumed I was resigning. Okay, but my point here is the university was used to communicating these type of situations directly through Bob. Yeah. What does that really say? A, I don't really have a problem with that. Of course you don't. You live in that state. <laughs> I wouldn't have a problem with it if Ohio State's coach did it. I think that That's they not own, how business it's is their that. life. It's their life. Direct talk to the horse. Like, why go through all these chains? Talk to him. What does he want to do? I agree, you know, have a lawyer present, sit down, whatever. But realistically, the decision's his. It's not his attorney, and it's not his agent, and it's not – and I wouldn't want any – if it, if I was Bob Huggins, I would not want my agent or attorney speaking for me. Not your wife. I would want to speak for myself yeah, or my wife. I would not want – I would want to be the one – I would talk to my agent or attorney and be like, Alex. hey, here's what I've drafted. I want this to come from me. Here's how I will handle it. Does that Alex. sound like a good idea? Alex, Alex. This You're man is on is on record saying stupid shit. Yeah, that's fine. I agree. He's made stupid decisions. I agree. I've said. I literally he said. Is, I agree with the decision of the university to not take him back. Uh, again, I'm not. Just hold on before you get all super defensive. This man has 
the um, verbal intelligence of the governor of the state, we should probably give him a spokesperson with legal capabilities to handle this dirty work. No, he has it. He has it now. But what? Alex, let me frame this back to you. I didn't resign. My wife did that. What's that sound like to you, Alex? That doesn't mean that he's not dumb, but I don't, I don't agree with your statement that it should have been done by a, I agree that he should have, there should have been a more. That man needs a handler. I, I blame the university for taking his wife's word for it, but I don't say that it should have come from anyone but him. I blame him more saying that they should not have accepted something from his wife. If this is true. The whole situation is Bush League. The university is Bush League. Bob Huggins is Bush League. It, it, it's See, all-, all you ever do is that all you ever do is just attack, 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 attack. And then you're like, why? Don't get all defensive yet. Alex. All you do is attack. If this, is this happened at any university, and we'll even say Ohio State, I would say the same damn thing. I said, I literally have said it's that, but then we had to talk about the governor. You're always ripping on West Virginia, man. Too oh, far. That's, it's coming later, even more so. So stay tuned for Jim. I know, and that's really why I'm, I'm, prefacing this, I'm prefacing this now, but all I do is get attacked. Just, okay, Alex. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to save my, my digs for later then. All I'm going to say to you, Jim, is I don't think this situation is the one that confirms that he needed a handler. No, oh, no. This... the man's the man is the man is off his rocker. The man needs to ride off into the sunset, be retired, and get off the podium. Let someone else come in and run the program and be done with it. I completely wholeheartedly agree. I don't think that he's that smart either. I think he's a great basketball. I think he's very very basketball smart. I don't think he's book smart. I don't think he's an intelligent like human being. And I don't think that it was a good decision if this really came from as a text from his wife that the university didn't say, yeah, that doesn't count. Like we're gonna need something in writing. Let's get to Joey Chestnut. Yeah, moving along to Jerry Chestnut, who wins his 16th Nathan's hot dog eating contest, putting down 62 buns and dogs in 10 minutes after a two-hour delay to the event, which many thought was initially canceled. In fact, it was put out there that it was canceled. But Joey Chestnut, being the man that he is, the superstar that we need, Rally the troops to put on the show at Coney Island. So people freaked out about this. Like they were like, why don't they have an inside backup plan? Like people were pissed. I mean, I feel like it's a staple in, in American pastime right now. Like it's this is what happens. You risk blowing off your finger, you shoot fireworks from July July or June 30th till July, what is today? 9th. And then you watch this man gorge himself on hot dogs. Like you it's have to funny. do it. Like, like the outrage. Like, why well, I can't believe they wouldn't have an inside backup plan. Yes, you. It's yes. This is America. Damn it. <laughs> we need to see this. This is. It has to happen. Well, uh, I, don't, I really don't know. Right. I don't. So I've never been to Coney Island, so I don't know the area. But it doesn't seem to me that there are a lot of venues. That's what. I mean. It's like a boardwalk. I feel like inside. I wouldn't want to watch. I wouldn't want to watch a hot dog eating contest like inside. I mean, I just feel like, oh, that sucks. That would be canceled this year. All right, Alex. No, I mean it's not the same. Why is the venue 
the issue for you? I feel like not being outside on Coney Island, like the entire fanfare, like the big stage, the big crowd, you know, the the nice summer day. I feel like just watching, sitting inside, like I wouldn't want to go to the Civic Center and sit there and be like, all right, I'm here for this hot dog. Shut up. You're full of shit. I wouldn't. I'm sorry. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I that wouldn't. Was, I swear I'm allowed to have an opinion, Jim. Wrong though. I'm a, no. An opinion's an opinion. An opinion is my opinion. I am stating right, my right, opinion. Right, 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 I didn't say. I didn't say that people that do want to watch it inside are wrong. I'm saying I would not want to watch a hot dog eating contest inside. You're I don't wrong. think it would be the same without the atmosphere. I can't no, be no. wrong because it's an opinion. It's, if wrong. it was a fact, right or wrong, I'd be different. I'm saying this is my opinion. I'm not even selling it as fact. Guarantee. I'm not even. We only had a hot dog eating contest. If I was like, you can't watch one inside. You'd be there. Fact. Could we? Could we? Could we maybe do like a PT Barnum thing and put up a tent? I think. Yes. That, that would, would be better. better. It's inside. No, the big tent is not inside. It's under a tent. All right. So we we talked a little bit last week in the lead up to this uh, for our July Fourth episode. What if, uh, what did I say? I would, I would uh, do a five minute contest. Yes. Um, only watching next... outside. Okay, Alex, it, it will make sure it's outside. It have we, have we had inside. any, def- what's that? It doesn't count if it's inside, according to Alex. He will not watch. <laughs> you, Alex will not watch if, if it's inside. We've, we've got that down. Have the... I'll sit outside with a lawn chair and hey, watch. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, if we had more thought on my over-under number. Well, here's what I think. If on the women's side, Miko ate 39.5 dogs, okay, to win the title for the women's minutes. side in 10 minutes. Yeah. Okay. So that is roughly what, 19? Right? Mm-hmm. Are you cutting it in half? Yeah. Yeah, it's about, I mean, just say 20. I think well, most- you have to eat 20 hot dogs. Why? Why are you putting me up against a competitive eater? That's what I, I was. That's why. I, that's why I halved it again and was thinking ten. Nope, Muff has to eat twenty hot dogs. Impossible, Jimmy. I'm going to tell you right now. Impossible. Fine, that's going to be the line. I picked the under. Yeah, that's, that's the, the line. Under. I'll bet myself on the under. If Muff eats more than fifteen, I'm going to stop him for medical reasons. Well, you can't because it'll be inside. So I, th- I think in five minutes, I think it's not a stop sign up. I think in five minutes, like if I were to put an over under on myself just to say it, I would put it at like seven and a half. Jim, I'm not. I'm I'm not a competitive eater. Stretching your stomach and training for competitive eating is like a long process. Muff, I guarantee you can eat seven hot dogs in five minutes. That's easy. Okay, well then go for ten. That Alex's number. I don't think I could eat seven hot dogs in thirty minutes. <laughs> I think I would throw up. If we're if we're at your place, Jim, you need to make sure you have like a spot picked out for the upheaval that comes directly after this is done. I'm with you, buddy. We got this taken care of. And do we have a uh, what's the rule? How long do I have to hold him down? Because this is also very important to this. I think another five minutes. Like, that yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's what came to my mind. Okay. Well, the one thing Jim and I probably will agree on the whole podcast. Yeah, probably. Has to hold his hot dogs for five minutes. <laughs> I think twenty is. If I can do 20 in five minutes, then I should be training to be a competitive. If you do 20 in five minutes, you're the island next year. All you have to do is keep them down. That's what I'm saying. I should be training to go to Coney Island. I'm sold. Muff's going to be like the guy on the beginning of basketball. If he chokes on a hot dog, he'll be doing CPR and it's hopping up in the air. Like, as we're like, (laughs) 
<laughs> I would like I would like a medical professional bot nearby, which is Alex, and Alex cannot be drunk. Not that Alex can't be drinking, but Alex cannot be drunk. We should probably do it early in the day. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, Alex has. Uh, some news to talk about as Alex has started a golf journey this past yes. week. Uh, we, we took an outing to the driving range. Alex has uh, a new to Alex set of clubs. So mm-hmm. how how you feeling about our first driving range session? Alex and I went together uh, to the driving range. How you feel about your, your driving range session, Alex? And how do you feel about this, uh, this golf journey moving forward? I feel good about the golf journey. I'm excited about it. it I was very sore the day after the golf j- journey. Um, we started with a pitching wedge, and then we hit a eight and a nine iron, and then I was allowed a driver. Muff's actually a very good coach. I will give him a lot of credit. He's a very good coach, very patient, lets you try things out. Um, and then I finally got a putter and a bag. So, and I went and got those pr- plastic practice balls we were talking about, but it was torrential downpours today because I was like, oh yeah, I can go outside and, and get some swings in, but then it's very rain and something. But stay tuned. We have a couple more driving range uh days. Then we're gonna move on to a putt putt course. Um and then we'll we'll go up to the par three. And then maybe, maybe an easy we'll, course. Yeah, maybe we'll hit up a a small course in the area, nine hole course for to play before the end of the golf this golf season. I'm coming. <laughs> Jim's gonna be there for that. I will be there. I'll even play. Baby steps. Jim and I I'll, have played golf before. I will come play. Is Jim good at golf? No. Okay. Jim, Jim participated. And that's all that that's all the day was about. That's participation. Yep. That's where I'm at this year. This year I'm participating. I'm learning. It's fun. I enjoy it. Yeah. Golf is for muff. See, I like it because I'm like, I miss the competitive like activity. Golf is for Muff. Well, I'll golf with Muff. I don't have the patience for it. If I'm getting, if there's beer involved, it's, I will drink heavily. Yeah. That's it. We can ride in the golf, you can grind the golf cart and you can be our, our uh, beer girl. I'm all about it. Well, we're going to need a video of uh, some videographer for this. So we might need to bring a fourth because I don't know if we can, we can trust Jim, but I don't know if we can trust Jim an hour and a half into the situation. You cannot. <laughs> yep. You Nate, cannot. Nate will have to come be the umpire. And maybe maybe Sam can be the videographer. That's true. There you go. And get all the all the homies involved. Yes. All right. So let's delve into some football discussion. Um <laughs> we're gonna start with probably a continuation of the contentious discussion about WVU. As the Big 12 votes are in, and WVU collected the least amount of votes and is picked to be last in the conference this year. You know what? Unpopular. I'm not going to squash the conversation, but I'm going to say I understand. I'm not going to make a violent argument that there's many people on this list that I could have seen them being above. Okay, well, Alex at least understands that WVU belongs in the bottom quarter of the situation. Said, that being said, I do not think we will end last in this year. I, I said you won't break the top 10. We have a $5 I know $5, but we will break the top 10 just to let the world in on our uh, side bets. I say that they will break the top 10 of Big 12 standings at the end of the year. Jim says they will not. This is a very, very high-rolling wager. 
There are 14 teams this year. There are. Not the, 12, 14. Uh, like, so is it top 10 or better or ninth or better? What is this bet on? Top 10, 10 or better. 10 or 10 better. Or better. Breaking okay. the top 10, I would consider all in the top 10. Okay, so they have to be better than four teams. Yes. You will be UCF. Okay. You will be BYU. Okay. We're going to sneak and beat at least one other team that we shouldn't. Okay. I want to make sure that the rules of this are outlined clearly. Is this Big 12 standings? Big 12 standings. Or is this overall wins? Big Big 12 12 standings. standings. Big 12 standings. Okay. Now, ties. If they're tied for 10th or better, is that okay? As far as Big 12 wins. If if they're tied for like ninth or better, I say it counts for me. Yes, I agree. If it's a tie for 10th, we'll call it a wash. Yes, I agree with that. But if they are the sole sole person in 10th. Then they broke the top 10. They broke the top 10. Okay. And we're not going to – we're just going to go straight on record at that point. We're not going to try to like – Put in tiebreakers and try nope. to figure out no. they just, whatever team, they say, team. whatever the rankings say at the end of the season. Yep, that's it. All right. I like how Muff knows he has to talk about these rules because yeah. <laughs> we get to the end of the season, he knows how ugly this could be at the end. If this yeah. like description, uh, so the top five in these in this these votes these this preseason uh, voting poll was Texas, Kansas State, Oklahoma, Texas Texas Tech, and TCU in the top five. Uh, Texas being at number one, do we feel that that is warranted? Is that earned? Or is this just the Big 12 trying to be like, oh, yeah, we need Texas to be number one because no. of, we think that's no, legit. Think earned. Yeah, I think legit. it was earned, too. Yeah. And I like that Kansas State second. I like that they didn't do anything yep. stupid. Honestly, I think Oklahoma could fall behind TCU a, a little bit. Yeah, to For be sure. honest. Yeah. But I think Texas, Kansas State, one and two are great. Um Texas Tech third for me, TCU fourth, Oklahoma fifth, Baylor sixth, Oklahoma State seventh. Um, We're not. It doesn't seem like they're giving a lot of credit to what Kansas is building. I know, and I, that was what my next comment was going to be. I think Kansas at least above UCF. Yes. Um, I don't think there's a lot of credit for Cincinnati. No, I agree. I, and what I don't know is what their transfer portal looked like. What did they lose? Whenever they lost, I mean, they lost a lot, but they lost I, staff plus I don't know what they lost players, right? But that maybe, doesn't mean that they're not picking stuff up either. Maybe it's a like traditional Big 12 bias that I'm like sticking with, but I would have gone Oklahoma. I probably would have gone Oklahoma State, Baylor, Kansas, Iowa State, UCF, Cincinnati, BYU, Houston, WVU. And I would have made the argument that if I thought WVU was going to move up, I think it would have been above like Houston. I don't know. We'll see. There's a lot, a lot to play out there. A lot of teams, right? There's a lot of potential top five maneuvering. Well, hopefully, I, I don't know exactly how many, but if there's Thursday night games and we're in town, I can count those as wins. Right. All time at all times, Alex will. Yep. Uh, in other college football news, Northwestern football coach Pat Fitzgerald has reportedly been suspended for hazing allegations for the first two games of the season. Um, in 2023, there was an investigation that proved that Fitzgerald did not know about the team's hazing, but they say that he could have discovered them. This is a disgusting story if the hazing's true. 
I don't know what, what the story what about you, the hazing is. Yeah, I've tried to read like four articles. So what did you hear? They, I the article I read talked about a player who understandably wanted to remain anonymous said that there was like sexual hazing like where like a young player with like eight to ten guys doing something called running yes. in the locker room which was okay. like a, he said it was like heinous and disturbing to watch your freshman teammate go through that and apparently they had special versions of it for like thanksgiving and christmas and I see just, that's there's no description of what that is and i'm not trying to get into it but like the things that i read were eight to ten guys would restrain said player yes and dry hump him oh i'm not saying it's not heinous oh like, well, the details I, out there are not yeah clear. there's a difference Where between what i had in my what i was run. thinking in my mind and dry humping not that i it's agree wrong either way i agree but like it's in a dark room the assailants would wear purge masks and they would have certain runs What's heinous, and the details are slowly, like every new article that posts is, is a new little detail, new wrinkle, is that Patty Fitz, if a player messed up in practice continuously, would throw a signal, a wink at the, uh, the purge members, and those guys unconsciously or consciously would be like, ooh, we're going to get that one. Just targeted hazing. It wasn't like not everyone could get it. It's whoever coach wanted to get it would get it. Yeah, it's just weird. Like hump him, right? And that's why I don't think that all the details are out. I think it is heinous. I think it is ridiculous, but I don't think we know all of it yet. And the fact that so we got Patty, two- Patty Fitz was in on it and only got two weeks is the part where well, as of Saturday, they're reconsidering it because they. Uh, based on more information and I guess the school went and talked to like this family and like the actual person that's saying this all went down and talking about it. And he realized the, the, maybe the gravity of the situation was bigger than, Hey, there was a locker room hazing incident with no one can prove Pat Cicero knew about it. Two weeks suspension. They also weren't allowed. They're not allowed to have any off season or preseason practices off campus anymore and there has to be a locker room monitor that's not affiliated and doesn't report to Fitzgerald or yeah like anyone Big Ten they are solely like there for legal reasons to make sure nothing bad happens so they thought that would be enough and I guess upon them going back and talking to these families they're like hey this is maybe more more serious than we first thought we're going to relook at whether or not two weeks and these other you know specifications are good enough the issue i have is that the initial investigation didn't point to a single player or coach involved and now as the reports come out we get this hey pat gave a wink and a nod to some players after the investigation so how good was the investigation and there were we're stepping back on the two-week pay no pay for patty fitz the, and let's look at Northwestern. Like their record sucks, and they're they're the little littlest brother in the Big Ten. And Northwestern only cares about graduation rate of their players. They have the highest GPA. They have the highest everything. So, does the university really care about what a, a school traditionally cares about, which is winning, or do they just want to keep the guy there because it graduates 
graduation weight, you know what I'm trying to say, are mm-hmm. high. It's a it's a unique situation for a head coach yeah. that like you're not protecting the things that you typically think they would be protecting, right? Which is athletic prowess and success. Yeah. Do you think that it's Bush League to discipline a guy without knowing all of the facts and having talked to the families and other people and then having to come back and say, oh, it was actually worse than we thought, so we're going to go back to the drawing board? I, I, I think there's conspiracy afoot. I don't think it's Bush League. I think it's they purposely had a shoddy investigation to get it over with in the summertime, and now they realize, uh-oh, we're in a hornet's nest and we can't get out of it. The, fam- the families are like, mm, no, we're not going away quietly. Yeah. For two weeks. Yep. Yeah. For two games, you'd be better. Be better I'm surprised that the families are able to play such a big role in this because the guys are 18. Well, I guess I guess if they're just going for the emotional, they're probably just there for like the emotional element of it. Like, hey, my son, because it is still a kid. I mean, 18 is still a kid. I think I'm it all just comes saying, back like, to being Northwestern. Like, these no knock on football players no knock on on other teams but when you see the words being used heinous all those things by football players that's an you have an intelligent football team yeah like it isn't gonna go away this is the same northwestern that ended a video game for years (laughs) so like this is a smart group of people and to think that they're gonna hide this away by telling the coach he can take two weeks unpaid but how many he decided an extension for how many millions of dollars mm-hmm. and they sucked like they're not going to go away like they're going to go to the media they're going to handle their business so they can get theirs and i don't blame them i wonder if it would be enough for them if they just said okay he's gone like or if they want more money i don't know i don't either I think we need to, I think to understand why the push is there, there needs to be more information about what exactly happened or was happening or is happening um, or what measures there are moving forward. Not just, you know, a babysitter in the locker room. Right. Right. Thank you. You know, I mean, that's, you pretty much said, oh, well, I put somebody in the locker room because, you know, one set of eyes can be everywhere in the locker room at all times. Like if the head coach who you're paying millions of dollars can't do it, who says the, assistant coach that you're not paying as much as the coach is going to do it how did well it's not an assistant coach or anything that's a, that was you the think whole they're thing. paying them as much as as pat because that's not happening no obviously not this guy is unaffiliated with everything and i understand your point but my point is he's not getting paid as much yeah. as the original mean, guy that was supposed to do it well yeah but he's clearly there for a different reason he doesn't have to worry about any of the football stuff he's there solely sure. to point out I if there's a problem saying. yeah but the thing that bothers me is how do this many kids not say something if this is going on? Well, Alex, let's think about all the other it's things that happened. Buddy. Yeah, is you you can ex- you accept it at the time because you think it's how things are supposed to be. Yeah, but you realize after like, the fact that and this is eh, this, this wasn't right. Bad. This is gonna sound bad, but those kids are probably nerdy. Some of them. And there's going to be a couple nerdy kids. Come on, I think if the head not... coach is giving the nod, like if the head coach is, hey, Wink, go get him. I I think there's some fear of speaking out. 
the guy in charge of me playing or not is the one kind of instigating the activity. And the players that are doing it are probably high-profile players on the team. Never right. they're not necessarily NFL prospects or anything, but these are the guys that I'm supposed to be looking up to as potential leaders of the team. And if this is what the leaders think is right, then maybe I shouldn't speak out. But that's that's a, a whole other conversation we could have at some point later yes, about yes. about locker room mentality and the yeah. sports culture. That's not even football culture. That's sports culture, right? I mean, I think yeah. that's culture culture. Have you yeah. seen a few good yeah. ones? That's also true. <laughs> uh, moving into some NFL discussion, uh, ex-Bengals running back Corey Dillon is upset about how the Bengals decide their ring of honor selections. Um, Dillon... I love this conversation. <laughs> so it was set this up a little bit. Uh, Dylan did not hold back when he was talking about the process that features votes. This is how this honor selection process goes. Features votes from season ticket holders and suite holders, calling it quote-unquote garbage, and the select should be done directly by the front office or a special committee. Uh, Add some other quotes. He said, this ain't a popularity contest. This is football. You're going to put in somebody who is more popular than someone who who got the stats. Uh, He went on to continue, the Bengals are smart. I give it to them. We'll put it in the hands of the season ticket holders so they don't have to take that backlash over who the votes are, who the voters are picking. That's bullshit. The shit should come straight from the team. Half of these season ticket holders are people have never seen any half of us play. Love this. So this man is upset, right? Because the fans doesn't put him in the ring of honor. And the Bengals or any team, frankly, that says, you know what? We're not going to take the heat for this. We're going to let the fans decide is smart. That's the way it should be. Quite frankly, because any backlash, let's say, for instance, Ray Lewis, right? Mm -hmm. Who may or may not have a murder issue, right? If a player ends up retiring and then ends up doing something bad, some bad juju, and he's in the ring of honor, you can't come back at the team. The fans put him up there. Don't blame us, the execs. Blame you, the fans. I love it. You should have been doing more in the community, and you should have been, you know, better with the media and had, you know, done more autograph signings and been more available during training camp. like Or not been a dick, Corey Dillon. (laughs) They made it a popularity contest, and you lost. Yep. Like, screw you, Corey Dillon. And you got you went and got the bag. Why are you bitching about being on a on a ring of honor in Cincinnati? Shut up. Yeah. Well, how much do you really? How much he obviously puts? I don't know. I mean, I think he's trying to make a bigger statement with this. But how much does he really care about being in that ring of honor? Yeah, he's just he likes to talk shit. Where do you go to college, Jim? I don't know. Okay, I was, I was hoping this was going to be in Michigan. No, I just think this. (laughs) I knew when he left, I was not happy about it. Mm -hmm. And then, like, he went to the Patriots, got that. You know, I think he even got a ring, got all kinds of stats. I he went to the University of Washington, so no, no Michigan hate there. But like, (laughs) you left, you did good. Shut up. This is so awesome. I love this. 
Jim is a fan. And speaking of fans, it could be some fans of a new Netflix docuseries as Netflix has acquired the rights to film this docuseries on Jerry Jones and the 1990s Cowboys dynasty. So I'm interested in how this docuseries is played out. Um, is it going to be like live footage of Jerry or is this going to be like the like I was talking about with the HBO documentary on uh, the Showtime Lakers where somebody's playing the role of Jerry Buss. Somebody could play the role of Jerry Jones. Oh, I don't think Jerry's going to allow somebody to play Jerry. <laughs> okay, so if it's just like documentary footage, why would anybody watch that? I don't know. I think it'd be interesting. It's going to be interesting because they're going to, the hype train's going to be behind Jerry because Jerry's going to make sure the hype train's there. Right. And there's still enough relevance to a lot of the players that were involved in that, right? We could have Michael Irvin, Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith. There's still enough players that you're like, oh, I still, I know who they are. It's not like it's 50 years later. And it's like, I don't care about these old dudes. Um, Troy Aikman's still involved with football. Um, Michael Irvin's yeah. Yeah. Dion. Like there's so, there's so many personalities that you still have involved with this, but the fact that it was announced as, on Jerry Jones and the nineties Cowboys football dynasty was like, okay, I think Jerry, Jerry's trying to hype, hype himself up on this somehow. Like, uh, we haven't been, we haven't been great guys, but let's relive the nineties here. But even all the footage is going to be like players itching their nose real bad because of, you know, the allergies, wink, wink. And like Jerry just acting pompous. And, like, eventually Dallas Cowboy fans are going to be like, one, they're going to be like, well, that's why we're so good. Or, why can't we do this ever again? What's the point? I just don't – 1990s. Like, and that's why you Steeler, you Yenders, that's why you guys beat the Cowboy fans. Because, like, you don't go back that far and live in one time period. Mind you, have a lot of time periods to live in. <laughs> But you don't live in just that one. Cowboys live in this one block of time. Blows my mind. That's yeah, always what it comes back to, right? We got these rings in the 90s. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, what has happened since then, guys? Like, <laughs> right. You, you haven't been able to relive that magic. And the guy who says he put it together is still trying to put this together, but obviously is failing. So let's, let's now, change that. Before up. I catch all kinds of hell from the Cowboys, fan, I do want the Cowboys to be successful. I think it's good for the NFL. I do not like the Steelers, but I think this whole documentary of glorifying Jerry is stupid. Alex, we get to the how you feel? News? How you feeling about Alex? I, like I said, I think it'd be interesting to watch. I hope it's actual documentary footage. I think that would be more interesting. Like, I don't really care if it's like a if it, I don't want it. I wouldn't be interested at all if it's like a remake, like a docuseries like actors and stuff oh i think you're i think you're wrong there buddy all right jim let's talk about tom brady buddy i I saw your face i want to go back to alex go ahead no didn't you just say that you did not think it would be cool i think it'd be awesome if it was that way i don't think it's the other i don't like the other way i think you are on opposite sides of the fence here oh i would see i'd rather learn the actual stuff and listen to the actual players comment on it than actors i'm telling i'm telling you go watch the showtime lakers one I'm begging you to, you specifically, go watch that Showtime Lakers thing on. on Is Netflix. that like actors? Yeah. So good. 
Anyway, yeah, let's get to Tom Brady. Go ahead, buddy. You seem really interested about this. He is rumored to be linked to Kim Kardashian after appearing with her at a party in the Hamptons. The party in the Hamptons was with Michael Rubin at the White Party, where everybody has to come dressed in white. Joe Burrow was there. A lot of other celebrities were there. And they were reportedly dancing to next to each other and dancing with each other and flirting. Oh, not flirting. Lots of TikToks oh my goodness. were made about this. Um, but they have since um, told sources with people that there's still nothing romantic between them. And uh, they're friends and have a lot of respect for each other. So it may or may not happen. I'm guessing probably not. But the bigger news that we're like we're missing about it is he and his wife, ex-wife, lost $30 million in the form of FTX crypto stock last year. Because that went that just straight up like is no longer in existence, right? Yeah. Yes. It's totally gone though. $30 million. How epic is that? Which part? Uh, the 30, losing thirty million or being linked to Kim Kardashian? Kardashian? Like, <laughs> I just think that like this man's on a downward spiral. Well, financially, he's. I mean, I don't think thirty million is. I think a lot of people lost a lot of money in. Yeah, thirty million yeah. is not crippling Tom Brady financially. He owned like legit stock besides the crypto. Like he owned part of the company. Right. I don't think that cripples him financially, but it definitely well, didn't help. It didn't help him. Bang Kardashian. He's going to get some of that glow. <laughs> How mad do you think Kanye is? Is Kanye mad? I, is Kanye really going to be mad about that at this point? I mean, I, I get it. He may get irrationally upset about things. He went in on Pete Davidson when Pete Davidson. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, is Tom the guy you want to go out on this one, though? That's what I mean. Is this the fight? Or you just leave the goat alone? Well, it's Kanye, and he will definitely be able to get a lot of pub out of it. So let's release an album, and let's talk about Tom. And then, Yeah, who, I hate, hate songs. Kim like ta- the Taylor Swift Kanye album. That's what He should, he should oh, name it Taylor Swift. Oh. <laughs> Inspired by T-Swizzle. Oh, my God. So... <laughs> Kim Kardashian's social stock was dropping. Her uh, her daughter North was uh, was really causing some bad juju for her. She was not looking great. Kanye's stock was going up, which I didn't think we'd ever see the day. So, do we think this connection helps Tom more or helps Kim more? I think any connection to the Kardashians helps the other person more. I don't know. I think this might legitimize Kim some more. Like, he was kind of falling out of the social eye, and now she might fall back in a little right. bit. It, we're like, ta- we're talking about her. Yeah. Well, you're you're falling into the sports social eye. I don't think the Kardashians are ever out of the limelight. No, but I mean, like, I, the succubus has a new victim. Like, okay, that, that makes get more lifeblood. Maybe she was like, "Hey, listen, Tom, we can do a little nookie." but I need to be seen with you in public to get the conversation about me going first. And maybe he's serious. They aren't in a relationship. They're just companions. Yeah. I'm just saying. I think it's like, hey, I need Giselle to like get pissed. I need her to be jealous. Oh yeah. Trying to make her jealous. And like, she's like, well, I need my stock to go up. 
So it's more like a business relationship. Possible. Could be. Very well could be. Uh, any other football football discussions for today? We got the helmet talk. We can go there if you'd like. Yeah, get a helmet talk. Here on the other side, we're going to get into the helmet challenge for which conference? The Big 12. Oh, that's right. Big 12 time. Okay, so this is the Big 12 Helmet Challenge. A little setup for this. I've arranged the bracket so that the OGs, the founding members, are at the top of the bracket. They will get a buy in the semis. And then the bottom of the bracket is the new found members. Um, and then in the middle here is based on record. So, Alec, you cannot come at me. This is based on record and also seniority in the Big 12. I try to do this as fast as I – or as fair as possible. Okay? Okay. 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 Now, this, this week, we no tiebreakers needed. The light will not be flipped this week. There's just three of us. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So, first up, Kansas State versus Texas Tech. I, My opinion first, I do not like Kansas – state whatsoever i hate their their helmets um the blackout for texas tech huge fan huge fan also i will comment on the big 12 i will say one nice thing lots of variations in the helmets lots of blackouts there i was going to say i like kansas state over texas tech of course you do and I'm I'm I am a fan of some of the the Texas Tech. I, I just, the colors I think is what does it for me. So I'm a fan of Texas Tech in this one. Texas Tech moves on. I think that was why I liked like why I like Kansas State. Like purple and silver, it's, it's different. All okay. Next up, Oklahoma State, Baylor. I will say that Baylor has this is a gold variant I put on here because I like that the most. I hate the yellow, but. I'm not knocking Baylor. I'm not going to pick first. I'm just telling you some things here. Uh, Oklahoma State also has a black variant, but I thought I'd go with the traditional pick here. And I that's actually the helmet that stands out to me is uh, the black Oklahoma yep. State helmet, and I like that one, so I'm going to go Oklahoma State. Pew, 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 cowboy. I am also a Cowboy helmet fan. Okay. You know what? Good thing I didn't have to vote. Is that who you would have picked? I would have gone with Baylor because I like the traditional gold. I'm glad that you didn't go first. You can't see I'm just picking against yeah, you. Exactly. Exactly. That was good. So we have Kansas against Iowa State. Um, I do not like either helmet. I don't know if Iowa State has a blackout. Kansas does not have a lot of variance. I think Iowa State has a blackout. Dude, I, I didn't dive deep enough. Mm-hmm. But I, I actually I like Kansas better. Uh I have to go for Iowa State on this one. I'm gonna be the tiebreaker and I am definitely taking Iowa State. Not because I don't I know I want to go against you. I really do not like Kansas State's helmet. Or Kansas, I'm sorry. Okay. WVU TCU. Let me just lay it all on the line here. TCU Many variations, many blackout variations, lots of shininess. They put a lot of effort into these helmets. WVU also, surprisingly, 
I was going to say. Many variations. No blackout, but variations. Kudos to them. I was trying to find, not that I can really show you. I will tell you that I am, I am very neutral and can be just, and can be swayed. I am willing to listen to evidence. I, so in this one, this is more of what do I like? What do I not like the most? Um, I can't really get behind any specific helmets, but you did say, and this is what came to my mind, TCU is a lot of shiny helmets. They do have shiny helmets. And I'm not a fan of that shiny The shiny purple? Yeah, I'm not a fan of that, Mm -hmm. and that's what stands out to me. So uh, for that reason, I'm going to go WVU. I am picking WVU, not... Shocker. Not, I was just... I was literally pulling up helmets that I could show you that I thought were really cool and why I'm picking. Okay. Good. I don't, you can't see it, but that one, I like that. I do like that one. I they like did the that. yellow they did one that. as well. And these ones were cool when they did them. It's, it's been a yeah, while. That was the coal. Yeah. They had the coal one, right? This year, yeah. they had the coal themed yeah. uniform. Yeah. Okay. Now we're on the newbies. BYU, UCF. I'm going to come out swinging here. I am taking BYU. I think UCF is a Wake Forest knockoff. I don't like their helmets. I agree with Jim. I would pick BYU's helmet. I would go BYU. I think UCF has a lot of shiny helmet options, too, that I don't like. The fact that you're anti-shiny tonight kind of shocks me. I'm like, honestly, though, I'm with Muff. I lean towards a mat. Okay. Cincinnati, Houston. The, this is tough for me. This is tough. Uh, I'm have to give Cincinnati just because I like the, I like the that their traditional the, the black seat. helmet. Yeah. Yeah. Alex. Yeah. I think, I think Houston has a blackout before you vote. So I like Cincinnati because they have they actually had some like red matte looking helmets at oh, one. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember those? Yep. So I think I'm gonna go with Cincinnati based on that. That variation would be a tiebreaker for me. Okay, so we're gonna go from the bottom now, so that we can work out who's going where. Okay, Cincinnati BYU. The red mat for me. I'm you got me hooked. I'm Cincinnati on this one. Yeah, I'm Cincinnati over BYU. Okay. Yes, I also agree. WVU, Iowa State. Uh, I have to go WVU. I will say the the helmet that puts them over the top is that that gray. Yes, yeah. I was just going to say that. Honestly, that is for me a big selling point because I freaking loved those helmets. Okay, now we're at Texas Tech, Oklahoma State. I still got to go Texas Tech. Um... You want me to go first or you want? Yeah, I'll let you break this. I'm going Oklahoma State. Why, Alex? I like their helmets. I have no reason. No, I mean, just looking up some of their, like, I like the cowboy on the side. I think that's the one I'm going against you. I hate that helmet. Sorry, bud. That's okay. The white ones are actually my favorite, but I was just looking at other variations. So. 
I don't think there need to. Okay. WVU Cincinnati. I'm on. Uh, I'm gonna stick with WVU. You guys do what you want, but I'm gonna stick with WVU. I like that red muff. The red Cincy helmet. Yeah. It does. It, it's not a shiny. It's a little bit more subdued. Yeah. Um, not a, there again, are a lot of variations for WVU. It's not, not a great Cole helmet. I know there really are. They even have the WV with the um, American flag in it. Remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I still got to stick with WVU. I'm with you. I'm not like I don't object. I, I'm not objecting here. Yeah. Texas Tech, WVU. You guys chat a little bit live. Dig in, I, I go dig in more. I go to WVU in this matchup. I go to WVU too. I think there's your winner, Muff. Yeah. Like, I, I got stick. I got stick with WVU. Okay. Honestly, it warms my heart that if we win nothing else this year, we win that one. I'm wondering if this is real or if this is just. It says new helmet concept. I've never seen them play with these before, so I think it's just like a. I saw that too. I didn't know if that was real. I'm not. I don't a know fan if I like it or dislike it, to be honest. Not a fan myself. I'm, I'm not it's a fan a, of it. It's a not very tough looking. Like I like the Cole helmets. I like the state. I like the. I love whenever they do the stars and stripes ones. I don't know about that one though. I think ears is something like you can mess with the jersey, but you yeah. don't mess with that. You don't mess with the ears on the helmet. Yeah. No, I don't think it's real. I think it's like just a blog. Yeah. Dude. So I just want to recap. Before we uh, move forward, um, we have in the Pac-12, Oregon, ACC, Miami, SEC West, South Carolina, SEC East, LSU, and Big 12 now, WVU. Next week's conference will be American Athletic. And this is going to continue. You've added some more conferences to Yes, so we're going to have 12 conferences. We're going to do American Athletic, Mid-American, Mountain West, Sun Belt, Big 12, or Big 10 1, Big 10 2, Conference USA, and in the Conference USA, we will throw in the remaining independent teams. There it is. So next week is the AAC? Yes. All right. So if you have any helmets from any AAC schools you want to keep on our radar, make sure you share it with us on our social media at Sports Jim Muff on Instagram and Twitter, Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff on Facebook. And just this week, we also have Threads at Sports Jim Muff. Yes, we are on Threads. <laughs> we are on Threads. Get pumped. All right, so leading us into other interesting news in the sports world. Interesting news in sports. First, we go to the pitch. As Megan Rapinoe announced that she will be retiring from professional soccer after the 2023 NWSL season and the World Cup, ending a successful career, not only predicated on on on-field success, but also uh, her efforts and advocacy to equal pay for equal pay in women's soccer, um, which will also, I mean, this, this presumably filter over into other sports, women's sports, hopefully in the future. Um, kind of like the farewell tour right now, right? The World Cup will be the farewell tour for Rapino, um, who has been successful, has World Cup titles. Don't know that, but that's it's interesting. You know, typically you don't see 
at least in, in my in my discussion, there's not a lot of hype about soccer players retiring and yeah. having this farewell tour to me. So I think it's I think it's cool that I think she should go out on a high note. I hope she wins it all, but this is cool. If you didn't, I would say that you were anti-American. Yeah. Right. You've always got that angle in this in this one. Uh, in the UFC world, Anderson Silva was inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. Jim, you follow UFC more closely, I think, than anybody else that is usually talking on this podcast. What podcast? What is your best memory of Anderson Silva? Uh, the- when he got kicked in the leg and it turned into Gumby. Sorry, I'm not an Anderson Silva guy. I'm not. I will never claim to be. I thought he was just an asshole. Great fighter. Amazing mm-hmm. fighter when he was in his prime. But once he got, you know, kicked in that leg and turned to Gumby. Well, that he like... kicked it, right? Yeah. It was well, him. He did the kick. Well, it, I, he checked a kick, which turned they think, Gumby. They, right. well, they think started it. And then he kicked some kicked somebody, and that's when it wrapped around and the Gumby situation yeah. happened. Probably my favorite memory. Your favorite memory is him being injured. Yeah, I don't. I just didn't like him. That's the only notable memory for me. Like, I mean, yeah, he's got a lot of knockouts and stuff like that. He was one of those guys that dropped his hands and like Mm -hmm. stuck his chin out there, and that was just. I hated that shit. I hated it. Um, but we didn't add this in the notes. I just want to bring this up. Robbie Lawler, um, legitimate badass, had his last fight this weekend at UFC twenty or two two ninety, um. And one convincingly knocked the guy out. Um, Robbie Lawler, same kind of deal with Anderson Silva. Silva, probably around the same kind of time frame. Um, champion, badass. To see him retire, also instant Hall of Famer. A lot of good memories there. Watched him fight too. So cool to see him go out with a knockout. That's the way people should go out. And then not have to get I'm knocked out later. Right. Uh, uh it just. It, I didn't watch this. I saw this after the fact, and this is a, just a, a connection to the high school, or the college wrestling world. Uh, that Bo Nickel won another fight, first round knockout. Nice former Penn State wrestler. So there's a lot of discussion. Even Dana Waits, like we're not going to hurry him along too quickly. Like we yeah, think that's he interesting. We may think we think he actually has a future, so we're not trying to lose this early on. I think that's interesting. And the same thing in professional wrestling. Um, Gable Stevenson, like mm. he went into the in the developmental contract, and like you would have thought they would have ramped him up fast, and he's still in like baby mode. Like, is he an NXT doing NXT stuff or is NXT he stuff? But they're like feeding, what they're feeding shit to him. They're like, okay. hey, here's the, we're gonna build this whole MMA style thing where you just get to throw people around and look really really good. Like they're not. I think this whole NIL thing mm-hmm. and getting people straight out of college and wrestling and things is working in that it's getting exposure for athletes who previously didn't. And so wrestlers who got did the UFC or went into the WWE just got thrown to the wolves mm-hmm. and it was sink or swim, whereas now they're getting exposure and they're like, oh, you are an athlete. Let's slow play this. So I think it's good. The one good thing that came from NIL, I think. Yeah, they don't they don't have to chase the bag right away. Right. <clears throat> they're they're more willing to be like, okay, 
develop me. Right. Don't I don't need this this high payout, this ten you know, this ten plus million dollar situation. Right. Like right. let's let's do this the right way. Yep. Um, that is a good thing. Uh, Britney Spears was backhanded by a member of Spurs number one draft pick and next basketball great Victor Wembenyama security team last week. She's reportedly filed a police report for batter, and an investigation is pending. The investigation happened. No charges. It's already done. Yep. No charges. Okay. None. Yeah. Either of you see this video? I sent it to you guys. Okay, that's I didn't remember how yeah. it came to me. I. It, the question I have is, what? Why is Brittany chasing the guy? Yes, like, and I was having a conversation this weekend with somebody, and the discussion came up of this whole the whole free Brittany thing that happened. Like, yes, we all assume this was positive, but is maybe there more going on there for Britney Spears that maybe needs to have some level of oversight and support. Why didn't Wemby turn around and say hi to Britney Spears? Why aren't we asking that question? I don't even know if he knew she was there. I mean, I think it's hard not to know she's not she's there. I mean, she was she was coming. She had to have been loud. Um oops, I did it again. I think I think to your point, Muff. Yeah. I think to your point walking. That's I think she needed some kind of oversight. And I'm not saying by like a controlling family member, but does she need support that maybe she's not getting now that she's like like her sister from Jamie Lynch step up? Yeah, she need she needs a Bob Huggins handler. Don't get us started again, damn it! We'll start we'll start a like uh, a program. We'll put people <clears throat> that need handler. People that need handlers will start a team. Bob Huggins, Britney Spears. We'll just add people to the list. We could be their handlers. We could be the yeah. guru of handling. There you go. Mm. Gurus of nothing. I don't know if we can be gurus of handling. <clears throat> you two have talked way too much about what you would do if left your own devices together. Yeah, it's absolutely true. I think you two would be handling handle. anybody. Jim We'd be egging him on. Like, I bet you won't chase him. I bet you won't chase him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she got hit. Oh, snap. Realistically, we'll be getting handled by Muff, but he'll let us think. It's like when you give the kid the controller that's not plugged in. (laughs) He's going to let us think that we're helping him, but realistically, we're there to be handled by Muff. Really, I have somebody in the background that's overseeing you you two and the handling. (laughs) Yes. It's like, oh, we have control, but there's the hand in the background. It's like, whoa. Well, uh, but yeah, it's that was it's that seems like a another fall from not grace, but another fall for Britney Spears in this. Like, why is she chasing him? What is the, she just trying to get some cloud here? Like, it's it's just odd. maybe she just wanted to meet him. That's I mean, like, did she just want a picture with the guy? Like, was there ready? Did you need to slap her? Probably not. I don't think he like. He I think he turned around. Hand slap her. I think he, I think he just... turned around to stop her, and yeah, I do too. Right, and he. I think that was a. Yeah, I think that was a. Hey, don't come in here! And his the back of his hand happened to hit her in the face. Yeah, and he might not even know it was Britney Spears. He might have just thought it was a. Like right. they're not American. Like, I, I, do they know? Like, and Britney Spears isn't like acutely relevant for a what Uh-oh. eighteen, nineteen year old guy. Hold on. 
You guys just keep moving on, but I just found an article. On this? Yeah. I agree. He's a 20-year-old French dude in his security team, which may or may not be, you know, younger. Um, or did they they didn't live through the Britney Spears era yeah. in that way. Like they may be most notably like the free Britney movement. That might be what they know. And they're like, yeah, oh, this, this is odd. Like I don't... But they might not even recognize her on the street. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I that's so I'm like, part of me says, did they just think it was like some rando, rando running after them? And hey, yeah, a little blown out of proportion. When I first read it, I thought it said that Wemby himself slapped yeah. Britney Spears. And I was like, this is not a good look, dude. Yeah, <laughs> That's not a that. good start. And he did it from like seven feet away. He's like, no. <laughs> what do you find, Jim? What'd you get? Oh, it's not pulling up. So maybe no. it was not real. Nothing of nothing of substance, probably. We'll see. we'll see. All right. We may come back to this one. Coming back to some PGA discussion as Commissioner Jay Monahan announced last Friday in a memo that he will be returning to his role on July 17th after taking time away for medical issues after the whole live PGA merger was announced. So in tertiary news around all of this in the golf world, Tiger Woods took control of his own narrative regarding his thoughts on what's going on in golf saying on Twitter. And I'm going to say this to get back to why he had to say this in response to the talking points memo released this weekend, which would have been last weekend, two weekends ago. I've never seen this document until today. And I did not attend the players meeting for which it was prepared at the 2022 travelers. So reportedly there was a memo with talking points for Tiger Woods that was prepared for him to be at an event or speak about the live PGA merger, which he was not a part of. He did not go to that whole players meeting that happened at travelers and all this was announced. Um, but as part of, um, you know, the normal investigative, and I think this was part of uh, you, you could request the document. There was a 300 some page document that the PGA had to release um, as part of the ongoing litigation at the time. Now, obviously that has since been, taken away that had these talking points that Tiger Woods was supposed to say um, in support of the PGA against live, blah, 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 blah. So Tiger came out and pretty much said, yeah, that's bullshit. Nobody, I did not give anybody talking points for me to have. I was not given these. I was not aware of them. And I definitely wasn't at any players meeting in any discussion on this. Uh, Tigers has been anti-live this whole time. And I bet that some of this was Tiger coming out in support. And those are the talking points that were coming up. So it's interesting that it was prepared to that level. There was about three pages in this 300 some page document about Tiger Woods talking points that were going to be given to him. But they never made it to him. He said he had nothing to do with it. Well, he he's saying the only reason I know this has I knew that these talking points existed is because the document was leaked or it was got on like freedom of information or something or another. Do you think he got them? That's what I'm asking. Do you think they got that he got them? No, I do not. I okay. think Tiger Woods is distancing himself from this live PGA thing because it can only probably tarnish his legacy by affiliating with live if things in the next 10, 20 years devolve. And if they do devolve in the PGA tour and all of these, this new tour, whatever it's going to be called, um, ruins golf. He can be like, I was the poster child of golf in its golden era of the PGA tour. That's how I think if this he, plays out. If he did get them, mm-hmm. 
do you think he would have said those talking points? I really don't. I really think Tiger Woods is he is the man behind the scenes that they can't get on camera just because he's removed enough from the PGA tour because he's not playing. Um, and they tried to make Roy superhero and they had to settle for Roy because they couldn't get Tiger is my the thought. Is Captain America. I think Tiger's done enough. I think Tiger's done being in the center of the drama. I think it's that he, true. you know what I mean? Like I really, at some point you're just like, look, I have enough shenanigans enough whatever i just i want to play golf when i can right off of the sunset i'm not going to be involved in your yeah your little thing here i didn't i didn't take a billion dollars from live what makes you think i'm going to come out here and start making these statements yeah exactly i think he's just done with that yeah. like you know 20 years ago tiger yeah i think he'd be way more involved obviously oh right yeah now. because he he would have been every week exactly would have been yeah. in his face so yeah so i think now we're just so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how this plays out the next time he actually plays in a tournament. Cause you know, there's going to be questions about this that come to him in those media and those media, those pressers. So that's what's me to me is going to be most interesting. Cause he can't, he's not gonna be able to avoid it. Then the questions are going to be there and he's going to have to answer. So we, we have talked on this podcast and this is not a new thing in the sports world about Bobby Bonilla day where every, it's like your favorite day. I, it's hilarious, but there's more to the Mets situation with Bobby Bonilla Day, right? Bobby Bonilla until like 20, 30, or 40 or whatever. It's like a million dollars once a year from the Mets because of the contract they signed with him 20 years ago. Um, so he collected his 1.2 million from the Mets. But here is a recap of other players that the Mets are currently paying that they're not on their roster. They include Robinson Cano. 20 and a quarter million dollars. This is just the Mets. This is just the Mets. James McCann at 11 million dollars. Eduardo Escobar at 9.1 million. Chris Flexen at 4 million. Darren Run at 3.3 million. Tommy Hunter at 800 686k. Brett Saberhagen at 250k. Who I have no idea. Brett Saberhagen hasn't been in the league for years either. That's 49.8 million dollars to players that are no longer on their roster that they are paying. I mean, Robinson, when was the last time he was with the Mets? Wasn't he with the Yankees? Yeah, and that's, I forget, I don't know the time period of when he... Do you know what I mean? Like, was he getting paid by the Mets when he was up with the Yankees? Or I I can't remember if he went back to the Mets. But that's that's outrageous. That's $50 million that you're paying to players that aren't even on your roster. The Mets... That's probably more than... That's probably more than the Pirates pay. That that probably is more than the Pirates payroll. So... And then... (laughs) crazy go ahead jim how does that team survive uh, baseball I'm baseball baseball doesn't have a salary cap baseball. Jim. freaking baseball there's no salary cap if you have the money you can spend it all right nothing else you good there no i hate baseball jim hates baseball so this is gonna be a first first go at this uh not to krita vonk first u.s open Women's U.S. Women's Open experience this past weekend was cut short as the 20-year-old rising tie star was disqualified in the first round after her caddy used a rangefinder on multiple holes at Pebble Beach. So the Women's Open happened this past weekend. I did not check to see who won. Um, I know that it was 
tight going into Sunday and the final day, but can you tell me one, as that a, player again? I forget. Natakrita Vonktavilov. Okay, just checking. If I don't think I said it the same both times, but it's what happens, and I've never heard the word. So is, is using a range finder a known big time oh, note? Yeah. So this is something. There's only certain events. It's a good learning point for me. Yeah, these are only certain events on professional golf that they are allowed. It's I think the PGA uh, specific PGA events that are sponsored by the PGA Association, I believe. Um, in which they are allowed to be used. Other than that, you cannot use a rangefinder. You can only use a book that has yardages and anything that you yourself as a caddy or as a player have gone out and like stepped off or anything that's on the course itself. So there could be like, you know, markers on the course that say 150 yards out or something like that. So was you he, use a rangefinder. Was he using a rangefinder actively during the game? Like for like, okay, so, she has it here. The caddy. Yeah. Yes, the caddy used the like went out before and mapped it out, and then uh, you can do things before the tournament. But once the tournament starts, you cannot use a rangefinder at all. Yeah, well, I mean, if you know it's a rule and you broke the rule, sorry, you're out. Right, it is a rule. This this comes. I think why would why don't we just get rangefinders and let them use them? Like, I just don't. Like in my mind, it doesn't really change the. She broke the rule. Let's go back on to golf for a second. <laughs> Which part like, of golf? You broke the rule. Yeah. Okay. Did you know that a board member, former chairman, AT former AT and T chairman, Ronald Stevens, Stevenson, resigned from the PGA PGA Tours Policy Board? No. That happened today. Okay. Okay. That's why I didn't see it. Over concerns about you know that are Saudi. Okay. And did you know that the tour is going to have to testify before Congress's subcommittee like Wednesday? I did not know it was happening that quickly. I knew that they they the that the government was going after them for the anti like antitrust stuff and the affiliation. Like the the United States government is gonna do everything they can to hold this up and or make it not happen. That's definitively going to happen so this whole partnership thing Mm -hmm. it's not a done deal it is a done deal to them but there are going to be these barriers and roadblocks that they have to fight through and things like that document that was leaked that came out that, about Tiger Woods, like that's the kind of stuff that we're going to keep seeing is all of this probably negative publicity that comes out or different types of things that are meant to probably shed a negative light on this partnership, even more so than just inherently is there. Um, because I would say that the United States government wants everything for this not to happen. I, isn't that a bigger story? Like, oh, it's a it's a story. I have a feeling. I don't after, that like I think po- after as a podcast. No, I, mean, I think like, yeah, that's it's an international potential story. Thank you. Thank I think you. I think after these initial hearings, it's going to blow up into a story that comes into the limelight. I think that the PGA is doing everything within their power. I think they want to rush. I think the PGA wants this to happen in the next couple months, 
So it's potentially overshadowed by the most important parts of the PGA season so that they can just detract from it and distract from it. Like, Oh, the open championship we're playing over in Scotland this week. Like we're going to crown a champion. Oh, the end of year thing where we give somebody $20 million for being the best player this year. All these good things are happening. And behind all this, by the way, we're testifying in front of Congress and we're doing this litigation because if this happens in the off season of golf, that's going to dominate the storyline. And I, I think they want to get this done in the next couple months and try to bury it. But aren't we potentially thinking about like who leaked that document? Oh yeah. There's, that's a very good question. Is it somebody inside the PGA or Tiger? Tiger didn't have access to the document. The full document, that 400 page thing, Tiger was just a Tiger's part of that was like three pages in this larger document where they said, oh, here's Tiger's talking points. I don't know. This this to me seems very big. Like this is a bigger deal than sports. Well, this is, as I would say, this is going to set the precedent for sports washing, right? The quote unquote sports washing in in the United States. This is already happening in other places internationally. This is setting the precedent for the United States. Wow. Okay. I just stumbled onto that and I was like, wait. People, this is serious. If he's resigning, like, that's an right, right before all of this is happening. Right. <laughs> Are we getting rid of the guy that can have all the answers that makes us look worse or that right. makes us a problem? Um, here, resign, buddy. Here's $10 million on your way out the door. Thank you. No, he, according to what I read, he was like, yeah, I can't be a part of this. Like, and he's openly saying, remember that investigation where the Saudis killed a journalist? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. Probably him yeah. and some others. Probably him and others. Um, all right. Anything, anything else we want to chat about? No, I'm good, bud. Today? I don't think so. I don't have much more to call that on. Dog We've, days of summer, man. We're how many? Days away, Jim, 50 some, 40, 40, 40 some, maybe until college football starts week zero. Let's go. And next week, we start to break down NFL, continue with the helmet challenge. Yeah, let's do it. Football will be in the forefront of our minds. And as always, remember, listen to us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, follow us at Sports Gem Muff on Instagram, Twitter, and Threads. Sports stuff yep. W forward slash Jimmy Emerson I'm off on Facebook on YouTube. Subscribe, comment, make review, poke like tickle. Be a thread. All of them. Be a get all of it. Have Do fun. it. Have have fun, people. Just have fun with it. We're just out here having a good time. That's it. And for us to continue to have a great time, ride this rocket ship to the moon and beyond. Make sure that you tell a friend. Make a friend. Be a uh, 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 uh.